Hi, y'all. Welcome to The Hue. We're here to illuminate the true stories of the exciting folks we encounter along the way. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm here with our studio director, Emily McNeil. Hey, guys. Hi, Em. Hi. So it was our last podcast for the day. We had Chad Dorsey here from Chad Dorsey Design. The Chad Dorsey. Which we were all kind of a slightly starstruck. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, we're always like, gosh, he's so good. Especially after the Kips Bay house. Ooh. Oof. Like, seriously, what a moment that kitchen was. Mm-hmm. The nook. The nook. The nook. It was the thing. Y'all know what we're talking about. Yeah, you do. If you went, if you, even if you didn't go to Kips Bay, it's been all over the media. <laughs> So we had such a fun conversation with Chad learning about, you know, I didn't even realize, I didn't put it together, more design build was his and then the morphing of his business into this residential side and and now this exciting new product adventure that he's having with Strike. Oh my gosh, they are, if I may, sexy fireplace mantles. Sexy fireplace mantles, yeah. They are sick, as Emily would say. Sick. So totally really sick. cool because I just used the word <laughs> sick. But yeah, you guys, seriously, um, this was a fun episode. I, I think especially, you know, if you're in your interior design journey to listen to Chad and talk about, uh, he's a doer. He has an idea. He's like, let's get it done. So it's fun to listen to him. It's inspiring because it's like he sort of moves forward fearlessly. Yeah, he has an idea and then he just makes it happen. He makes it happen. So I feel like if you're an interior designer and you're maybe looking to strike out, <laughs> Good one. I cannot believe I just did that. That's the name of his fireplace line strike. So if you're looking to strike out into some new adventures in your career, this would definitely be the podcast for you. So please take a listen. We are excited to have you. So, hey, Chad. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Back to your alma mater. No, not your alma mater. Your original <laughs> stomping grounds. Yeah, exactly. Where did you first start or first do interior design? Um, I started at first interior design years ago when I was working at Wilson Associates. I didn't know you worked at Wilson. I did. Um, I was hired as a project manager and um, I really wasn't sure what I was in for. So I was managing a team of architects and interior designers. Mm -hmm. um, and we were doing the interior architecture for the Palazzo in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, and I had about 20 people on my team. And I'll never forget going to the interior designer space and seeing a pile of uh, fabric swatches that was, you know, three feet tall and just like thinking, what in the world is that? <laughs> and I would take these boards and presentations to Las Vegas so we could present them and yeah. with tassels. And it was totally not my thing at the time, but I learned a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Because wait, your education was in architecture? I have a background, a degree in architecture. Uh -huh. Where'd you go to school? University of Tennessee. You're from Tennessee. Yes. Like you have a little bit of a Southern accent. I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so University of Tennessee and yours at your first job at Wilson? No, no. I worked uh, in Kansas City at doing sports architecture. HN, what's it called? I worked at LB Beckett, which oh. is now AECOM. Okay. And, um, then, um, then I moved to Dallas and worked at Perkins and Will and RTKL. A lot of commercial design. I had no right. idea. Yeah, and then uh, some friends of mine worked at Wilson Associates, and they convinced me to move over there. And it taught me a lot about residential design. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there, I began buying and selling houses and got into um, the residential aspect of it. And all the things I was doing in hospitality really applied to that. And they do, me, especially the interior architecture part of the hospitality we were doing. Um, and I think that what that's what made me a better residential designer, both architecturally as well as an interior designer. Yeah. And because I did read your bio in preparation for this and I saw that 
whole piece about managing a portfolio of hospitality work. And that has been the primary piece of my sales background in the beginning of my career was hospitality. So Wilson's always been a big client for me. And I literally thought when I saw that, the kind of slight preview of the projects you've done, I thought, I bet he was at Wilson. Right. I was three years. It was great. I really liked it. Um, and so that's led to my next thing and didn't really intend to get into uh, doing residential design and construction, but I somehow made, managed to make the transition on accident. Yeah, so. an accident. And so you were you're buying and selling homes that you were renovating. Right. And then that led to buying one to actually uh, to sell and not live in, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and that sort of started uh, my other company, More Design Build, which was doing design and construction, Okay. which has led to Chad Dorsey Design, which is architecture and interior design. And that, that's all sort of driven from my residential clients at More Design Build. They were asking for interiors. Yeah. And that's what kind of kicked off my interior design business about four years ago. Okay. And I know More Design Build. And so More Design Build is still a very active yes. company. Are you involved still? I am. I'm still, I'm still a partner. I'm not less involved in the construction, but we still have products that um, sort of um, are architecture, construction, and interior design that I'm do underneath Chad Dorsey Design. Okay. I handle any design project with more design build is handled by Chad Dorsey Design if I'm working on it. Um, There's working with other architects and interior designers as well now. Okay. And is it a pretty big company, right? More? Uh, it's about uh, eight people. Yeah. So. And then, so Chad Dorsey officially opened like four or five years ago. Then. About, um, it officially opened in uh, the fall of 17. Okay. And that just came from people saying, oh, I love what you've done here and you, and you thought, well, we need an interiors division that's kind of separate. Well, it actually started accidentally. We had a project in about 2015 that um, was a great client and um, they had asked to work with a certain interior designer in Dallas and um, that interior designer turned them down. Oh. And um, I had contacted them to see if they, she would be interested and uh, she said no. Um, so anyway, um, they said, well, who are we going to work with? And so they came up with a couple of other people and, um, they're like, well, you pick, we don't really like either one of them and we'll work with whoever you think. I'm like, well, I looked at their work and I thought, well, maybe I should just do this for them. They're nice. We get along great. They love what I've done with them from the architecture standpoint. And we'd selected all the finishes and lighting and everything anyway. Um, so we did all the furniture and it worked out great. Um, and at the same time, uh, my client, came in that we were doing uh, another project with in Bluffview. And she said, what's all this? And I said, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing the interiors for a client. And um, she said, well, I want to do it. And so that kicked off one of my most successful projects. Cool. And so that's kind of how my business started as Chad Dorsey Design. And ultimately, it was um, not intended to be its own company, but it was a totally different animal than construction. Yeah. And many of the projects were the same client. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the vendors might even be something like a metal guy we might be doing handrail for on the construction side. Uh But I may want him to make a dining table for me. Interesting. And it was really hard for my uh, accounting manager in the construction division to (laughs) separate all that. So I was like, well, the first year we'll just pull all the design out of the company and it'll be its own company. 
Okay, so there's no architecture that's happening with Chad Dorsey. Uh, we do that, yes. Okay. So it's it's a bit of architect in in Dallas and Texas. We do the architecture and uh -huh. uh, interiors, but um, we work with a lot of other architects. But primarily, we're geared towards interior architecture and design. And are you almost like you seem like you're enjoying this more than the building now, the interior I, architecture? After fifteen, it's been fifteen years of construction. I'm I'm really I have a great background in it. I really understand it, and I think that makes me a better designer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm able to make smart decisions that aren't going to upset the budget or the, or the contractor and kind of managing challenging situations. I get that. But um, you can't be the good guy when you're the builder. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even though I was the architect or, and the designer, um, you can't be the good guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I really like being the good guy. And <laughs> the guy that makes everything look really good. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're the one that gets invited to the parties. Yeah, not the builder. The builder never gets invited. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're done with him. That piece is over. I thought, um, so speaking of that, that background that you have, when I saw the action shots or rather the progress shots of Kips Bay and I saw that the, the build out that you did in the kitchen, that was so interesting. Like that was such a builder concept, the way you did the, the little, um, seating inset, right, the right. dome. I don't know what you call that. Niche. Niche. Yeah. Um, but it was domed kind yeah, of. Yeah, it was circular. Circular. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, but that was like such a builder concept. I mean. Well, I mean, honestly, that's why I was able to pull it off in 10 uh -huh. weeks. Um, and I had to do it myself. And it, I haven't done like a construction project and myself managed it mm -hmm. um, in a few years. Um, so, you know, we divided the space into two. I coordinated the neighboring space because um, they were in Austin. Okay. Had to do new lighting, rip out the ceiling, rip out the floor. Um, it was a big project, a big undertaking. It was a lot of fun. Uh -huh. um, but uh, really? everyone was like, what are you doing? This is a lot of work. I'm like, well, I don't really know how to do anything else. Uh -huh. I mean, that's just my how my mind thinks, uh -huh. uh, both spatially, like creating the space. Um, and then, oh, well, doing this, ripping out that wall, that's not hard. I yeah. kind of know how that is. Uh -huh. uh, so um, It wouldn't have been a project if you weren't ripping things apart. Yeah, I don't really know how to... Um, I'm like, well, we could do that. It's, you know, in my mind, it's like, that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. Anything's possible when you, when you understand that concepting though. Right. Which I guess I can get myself in trouble. But uh, <sighs> a few weeks, about a month before the director looked at me, she's like, um, so tell me the rest of the schedule. I'm like, don't worry. I'll be done. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Help me understand what's going she's on like, here. But you have no ceiling. I'm like, yes, I know. I'm waiting on the lights and they're going to come next week. So. Yeah, it's magic. Don't worry about it. Have a wand. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's super cool. So you, um, what brought you to Dallas though? If you're from. Well, I actually, um, after I left Kansas city in 2000 or 1998, I went to Nashville for one year. Mm -hmm. To be a singer. To be a singer, yeah. of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Country singer. Yeah. <laughs> no, a friend of mine um, actually uh, convinced me to come and work for his architecture firm in Nashville, um, which was great. I made a lot of friends. I love yeah. Nashville, but I hated, so cool. I hated the job. It was terrible. <laughs> so anyway, I started looking for a job about a year later. And mm -hmm. That's when I moved to Dallas to work at RTKL. And I mean, what a great city to come to for architecture and design. Yeah, it, it was much more, you know, Nashville at the time was the only thing going on there architecturally was healthcare, mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't very fun. No. And the company I worked for did a bunch of different things. They were a small company and um, it really wasn't the right fit for me. Yeah. And so moving to Dallas, working for a big company was more of what I wanted to do at the time. So. What is it from the big firms that you take? 
um, with your with the work that you're doing now? Because there's a totally different experience. It is. And, uh, you know, it's less personal. It and is. So for me now, it's more about personal and concierge relationships and, yeah. you know, going the extra mile for the clients. Um, in a big company, though, as a young employee, you know, you have a lot of cultural things that are nice, mm -hmm. working with like-minded people, um, and you sort of thrive off the energy with them. Mm -hmm. um, and then amenities that, you, you know, they have certain – fun events and things like that and just uh, software technology back then was a big deal for me whereas a small companies you know every every penny is important the one thing that i that's one thing i've tried to incorporate in my business like i think wilson associates did it so well when i worked there mm -hmm. kind of the small firm culture mm -hmm. mixed with the big firm culture mm -hmm. so you kind of had both and i think that's i've tried to take the things i really liked from that and made those a priority in my firm yeah, I agree with you. I always felt that with with Wilson that it is such a big firm and, and a global firm now, but it does have a small firm feel for sure. Right. And like Trisha, I think it's her Southern hospitality. Right. I think a lot's changed, of course, in, of in course. that. But uh, you know, at the time, that's what made it really special. That culture. Yeah. Well, um, the new I've as I remember, like as it was progressing, the new space on on Dragon or on Slocum, it looks so great. Thanks. I really like it. The it, it just in, inside it's beautiful. Thank and you. what made you choose that space? Um, it was luck. Um, okay. Honestly, um, at the time I was just driving down the street <laughs> and I saw a for some lease sign, and um, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna call." Yeah. Um, I didn't need an office at the time. <laughs> I had no plan. <laughs> I was like, "That looks like a great building. I'm gonna uh -huh. call." I called. I didn't hear anything back for like two or three weeks, hmm. and I was like, "Well, I guess it's already leased." Mm -hmm. I got a random call from this guy. He's like, um, you're the first one to call. Would you like to come and see it? I'm like, sure, I'd like to see it. Yeah. And um, so I went and saw it, and then I didn't hear back. And about two weeks later, I got a call and said, it's yours if you want it. Um, there's 20 people waiting for it after you. You need to decide today. I was like, oh, of course, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm taking it. And so I didn't move in for, I didn't even do any work for like six months. I, it wasn't on my radar to even work on this building. Okay. So we started doing work. Like it took me probably nine months to even move in the I place. I feel like it, I remember the logo, like or the art or the paint on the wall. Like, I don't know what it is. It's so pretty, um, kind of a graphic image, mm -hmm. right? That was up there. And I'm going, what is, what's going on there? The logo is supposed to be painted on there, okay. but it's still not. The, my oh. painter doesn't want to do it for some reason. Yeah, that's like a new painter. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, it looks awesome, and the inside's really cool. And um, and so from there, you have how many employees are with Chad Dorsey now? Um, six, including me. Okay. So there's six. We've got uh, four design staff and one office manager and myself. So. And how many projects at a time are you typically managing? You know, it just depends. Um, we probably have, but uh, we probably have twelve projects going on right now. Jeez. But they're all different sizes and different types Stages. of projects, and you know, it's a, it's you know, some are interiors, some are architecture interiors, some some are just. Um, interiors out of town or you know some are big some are small you mm -hmm. know you kind of just see how it fits and if the timeline fits then it kind of weaves into what we're working on yeah and all in not all in texas you're doing no. projects all over the country so yeah we have a, a project in los angeles and then we have one and we're working on a concept for a house in napa um, we have oh. a um, 
one of our clients in Dallas is actually building a vacation house in Washington State on Bay Bridge Island. Okay. We had another client um, from Dallas that's building a new house in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, my it's, gosh. The house is amazing. It's in the Biltmore Forest oh. area. Um, Sounds terrible. It's um, quite the house. It's really large. It's it like keeps, the Biltmore. <laughs> it it's, might as well be. It's about 20,000 square feet. So, <laughs> yeah. And then I have a project. The same uh, friend Crazy. of mine that it uh, talked me into moving to Nashville, um, I'm doing his interiors in Nashville. He, he's got a really cool modernist house. Oh, and then we cool. have a project in West Texas. And then the rest are in Dallas. I'd always have one in West Texas. It's my first. Oh. Literally, I was at a dinner, one of the last social functions in February um, at Michelle Nussbaumer's house. Yeah. Um, and Amy Berry was sitting next to me and we were talking about work. She's like, I've got two West Texas projects. And I was like, oh, I've never had one. She's like, oh, you'll have one. And, and they're great. And like a week later, I got a call about this West Texas project. <laughs> and so they're really nice people. You manifested it. <laughs> I guess so. It's kind of funny. I was like, I've never even had a call for a West Texas That's project. That's so cool. And it's such like a no man's land, right? I mean. I've been driving out there this year. So uh -huh. um, I need to go next week. And I, I last time I said, I'm not going to drive here anymore. I'm going to start flying. And uh, I need to bring back something. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to drive again. You're, you're like, I have to drive again. My parents live in Colorado Springs, so we drive through West Texas to get to them. And, oh, my gosh, I'm always just like, it's just, it's no man's land. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's a whole culture and a whole thing. The Hue is brought to you by Folio. Located in the iconic Meadows building in Dallas, Texas, Folio is a boutique rep agency which seeks to connect interior designers with creative resources. We would love to connect with you in real life. Please visit our website to set up an appointment, folioco.com, and follow us on Instagram at folioco. So, um... Tell us about, I'm kind of curious how, I'm good friends with Zara from Jan Showers, and I had her on the podcast in, I think it was, I don't know, actually, when it was earlier in the summer, and we talked a little bit about Kips Bay. How did that all come about? Um, I got a call in uh, February from Jan Showers, and she asked me if I would be a vice chair with Jean Liu, mm -hmm. and I said, of course, you know, we're neighbors, her building's next to mine. I was like, yeah, you guys are kind yeah, of. Yeah, and <laughs> um so I said, of course, I'd love to be involved. And so um, we immediately, they were in the process of try, trying to find a, a property. And um, so um, I sort of uh, got on the team and helped find a property. And, there you um, go. And then uh, went through all the submittals during COVID so that we could send them to New York so that they could select the designers that were going to be involved. And um, uh, just putting together the house and the team was really a lot of fun. Yeah, and Jean's so cool. Oh, Jean's awesome. Like she's, she's one of my, my best friends, actually. We um, we met about two and a half years ago doing Thrift Studio with for Dwell with Dignity. Okay. And um, we you guys have worked together before. Oh, we yeah, we we talk nearly every day. <laughs> so. She's such a cool, down to earth person. Oh yes, great. That's for sure. She's one of the coolest people I know. Uh -huh. So you guys, that had to be really fun getting to work with your friend. I didn't know you guys were such good friends. That's yeah. wonderful. It makes such a such a game changer it really does and um so nira nazira the national director yeah. um she was great to work with and so it was really interesting jan and Jean and nazira and i will be on the phone all day or not all day <laughs> but throughout the day for like five months you know between probably the end of march through the end of june first wow. of july we were on the phone nearly every day yeah and uh, it was a lot of fun You're i mean so sometimes the phone calls were hours long and um it was really fun getting to know the, them, and um, it's kind of uh, bittersweet that it's over because yeah. Um, yeah. it's a little quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've, this is the first week, so that it's really over. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, 
I've got plenty of work to catch up on. I was going to say, but you have a lot to do, so it's going to sure. be okay. But you're right. There is like that hole in the day when when there's an ending to something. I always, I've noticed, I noticed that too in life. And it's always like, what am I missing? I know what I'm missing. Yeah. yeah. I told Jan, I said, it's like the holidays. Um, and, you know, you're glad to be, they're over, uh-huh. but you are missing something. Yeah. yeah. Will you guys um, have another next project together you think um well kips bay will be here next year so okay. i'm sure i'll be involved somehow in the planning of that so they're going to do it again oh yeah so it's it's going to be a annual thing in dallas oh good that's amazing which is great for dallas it's great for the design community here but it's it's great for Na- dallas on a national level agreed uh, and you know i don't think we, we were really lucky to pull it off this year with uh, the pandemic and um i think it was something we all needed as designers not mm-hmm. just from dallas but from for the country mm-hmm. um all eyes were on dallas because nothing else was really going on yeah and um i think it was maybe the best uh, case scenario for it to happen that way for Dallas. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah you're right because everyone, everyone that's such a good point. Everyone needed inspiration right. and it might have been slightly overlooked in other big markets right. had it not been for COVID. Right. And so um, because it was so transformative, the home was literally beyond transformed. I mean, right. it, it had to have made such a, a mark in the, in the entire design community. Right. right. Absolutely. And the feedback's been wonderful. It's been great. So, I mean, we sold about 8,500 tickets, which was amazing. Is that what, what was, the, what's the typical projection? Um, well, so um, compared to Palm Beach, the first year of Palm Beach was about 2,000 tickets. Oh my goodness. Um, but they sold 11,000 this year, but they're in their third year. Um, and that was in February pre-COVID. So okay. um, I think we were really happy for the first year to have 8,500 tickets sold and just our our sponsorships. We um, exceeded our um, our goal on our sponsorship Good. level. So that was great too. So it was overall... It was amazing. It was total success. It, we're very happy. I'm glad it was such a success for Dallas. And we, I think I went twice actually. I, I went with Millie and then... Um, trying to think what else I went with some clients and it was it was such a interesting experience like each room is a different is a different experience and um I loved it so congratulations well I'm glad you liked it so so I want to also um talk about in the home it was it was um Marcus Mohan's room you had one of your beautiful fireplaces right and um it the company's called strike it is and this is a fireplace a line of fireplaces that you've started when did you start strike Conceptually, it was probably 18 months ago. Okay. Um, and it accidentally started again. It seems like all things happen with me accidentally, and I jump on. Uh, I, I love um, – I get inspired about something. I get excited about it, and I love to get it, get it going. Mm-hmm. It's my thing. Me like, too. If I, I, it's something – if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to sit around and talk about it or think about it. That's not me. Okay. So um, it drives me crazy. People that just talk about doing something all the time. I'm just, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Whether doing it or not. Yeah. So um, the fireplace happened because um, I had a problem with the house I was working on where the, the firebox was off center in the room. But from the furniture placement standpoint, I really wanted the fireplace to be centered okay. in the space. So I designed an asymmetrical fireplace to be built, which I've been designing and building fireplaces locally for many years. Is Just, that one called Malibu? Uh, it is. Malibu yeah. is the asymmetrical. I love the asymmetrical one. Right. It's beautiful. So that one was the first idea. And okay. when I drew it, I loved it. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, 
this doesn't necessarily, this could be really cool as a symmetrical fireplace too. How could we do that? So um, that's where the Ojai came in mm -hmm. and the um, Sausalito both are takeoffs of the Malibu, slightly different. But um, so I was like, well, I have three concepts here. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kept going. So I have seven designs um, and they're all named after California towns. Yeah. What's that all about? Well, you know, I have a little studio in L.A. Okay. And um, so being out there, I love going. I've always loved going to California. Um, and just the part of me, once uh, I'm developing more context there and wanting more business there. And so that was kind of just my inspiration with the texture from the land yeah. and the materials. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. And it's all not all marble, mostly marble. Marble and limestone. Okay. And so that's interesting. Basically, like it's almost how it works, right? Innovation and design sort of solves a problem. And that's really all kind of how, where it came from. It sounds like this right. Malibu solved this problem. It wasn't where. Right. Yeah. And Malibu is, um, you know, the, uh, the asymmetrical piece of it is sort of inspired by uh, waves, um, the water, and it's named after my favorite California town. So yeah, it had to be. <laughs> it's your favorite one. Yeah. It's really cool. I also love the name strike. And um, the marketing. Thank you. It turned out so, so good. I follow, um, I think, can we say the company that did help? Did, yes. Did Brand Hatchery, right? Yes, they're amazing. I follow them um, and actually finally acquired one of Amy's pieces, though very, very tiny, on Instagram. And I friended her on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I missed one of her sales and then got one. And she came by last week. Oh, cool. And um, I mentioned that to her that I loved the work that the, um, the Brand Hatchery did on Strike. It's amazing. Yeah, they're really great. Yeah, I love it. So what's next? Um, you know, really, after Kips Bay is getting back to work, but a strike is really kind of heating up. Good. I'm getting a lot more requests. No pun intended. Right, it is, exactly. Uh -huh. um, I've been, um, it's I've gotten more national attention. It's um, been in most publications. It was in Lux this month. It's um, It's been covered by the local magazines. It's been covered by California magazines. It's going to be in Veranda in January. So uh, the request for that is um, getting you know, more um, complex. I guess we have a lot more requests. So sounds like you're going to need a little division in for just strike. Right. I think know? so. Yeah. And so I've kind of, I have some ideas for the second collection for strike. Um, Good. That's a little different. Um, so I'm excited to begin working on those. And, you know, the reality, those are probably a couple of years away from, from being available or maybe a year, but okay. um, that's, in my mind, but then also um, just have a couple of really exciting new products that I've just gotten. Um, and uh, one's in Dallas, or they're both in Dallas, but they're really, uh, one is uh, probably my most exciting project I've ever had. What makes a mo uh, the most exciting project? Is it just the... The program, the uh -huh. clients, the scale of the project. Yeah, yeah. It's going to push me in different ways, and Good. I love to be pushed. Um, I think that's the ultimate compliment and challenge at the same time where um, someone asked me to do something I haven't done before and it pushes me uh, both mentally creatively but also puts pressure on me to mm -hmm. to do better mm -hmm. um, and not conform I, I love to be outside the box and do things that are unusual yeah what would you call your style I mean because every designer obviously you you work for your clients but you have a don't you feel like you have a style for sure I mean my my words are that I 
resonate with are bespoke, mm -hmm. handcrafted, timeless, and relaxed luxury. Mm -hmm. Relaxed luxury is really kind of the defining uh, words for my brand. Um, and relaxed luxury is something that goes unnoticed by many, but um, the person that really um, understands it and appreciates it with it really uh, uh, appreciates the fabric or the textile and it's all very personal. So it, it's not necessarily luxury doesn't mean expensive. It's mm -hmm. something that uh, gives you a feeling of comfort and then also um, of, you know, just enjoyment. Absolutely. So those are defining elements for me. I think my style is definitely eclectic. I like antiques. I like found pieces. I like modern um, and it's very architectural. I don't like, uh, from an interior perspective, uh, I like furniture for a reason not to have furniture. Mm -hmm. um, and um, You're not a maximalist. No, I'm not. Um, I do appreciate it, though. And, you know, that's one thing. I appreciate every style. Mm -hmm. And I see things in all design that I, I like. Mm -hmm. Maybe not be what you do, but you appreciate it. Right. I think that, um, do you have a favorite project like an all-time favorite project? Oh, you know, um, it, it varies. It depends on the moment, really. Yeah. You know, I, I can't really say that I, I would I would say one's a favorite. They're all their favorite for a different reason. Are you putting the fireplaces in all the projects now for the most part? You know, I, I don't try to push it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want my clients to know that I do it. Mm -hmm. And some say, oh, I want one. Yeah. And then the others are quiet about it. And mm -hmm. I, so I don't force that. No. I, I don't feel like that's the, if it's right for the project, then it's right for the project. Absolutely. And I might suggest it, but um, it's not a requirement that things that I've designed be in the space. Of course. Does, um, does Strike have its own website? It does not currently. Currently, it's uh, Chad Dorsey Design, and there's a Strike tab. Yeah, I did find that. Okay, so people listening, if they want to check it out, they can go there. And then are there some on display? At your Chad Dorsey studio that people can see? Yes. So currently there's one large one. Okay. And then we have a small mock-ups of all the others. Oh. Um, and then we have all the material samples. Um, we'll probably will have a second and possibly a third the first of the year in the studio. Okay. So if someone's listening and wants to work with you on a fireplace, um, they can contact you through the website and they can see mock-ups in your studio. And like, what does the process look like? like what do they need to have to get started with you? Uh, typically what we need is the firebox size. Uh -huh. Th that's the opening to the fireplace. Yeah. Um, and then any sort of hearth uh, opening. Uh, so on a new construction, it's very easy. We need yeah. the, basically the hearth opening or the, uh, the box size. And then we can determine the hearth a size that would fit with the mantle um, best. But um that's really all you need and then decide which design you like and everything's custom. So it's all sized based on your firebox. We can make them larger than the design if you want to. And then we can produce a cost at that point. We can give you a range on the cost uh, at the beginning of the process, but it really comes down to the size of the box and how big the fireplace is. They are so pretty. Thank you. Like they're really, really cool and really different. I love them, and I wish you great success with it. I think Thank it's going to be such a cool part of your portfolio part of your portfolio, <laughs> right? So um, we kind of end with um, little fun rapid fire questions. So I'm just curious, do you have a favorite architect? Um, you know, I, I do. Uh, 
but uh, you know, it, it varies at the moment. So um, like right now, well, so I have like three favorites okay. um, and I really resonate with a lot of architects and appreciate all their style. Like I love Peter Zubthor from Switzerland, but that's, that's an architect to me that does all different building types. So when I think about what I'm doing and what I relate to, um, I love Olsen Kundig and Pacific Northwest. I love what they do. Um, and the three architects I'm going to say are all very similar, but their styles are totally different, but they totally get residential design and a different, um, on different, uh, stylistic uh, way. So also Olsen Kundig and the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um, and then of course, Lake Flato in Texas Yes. and then Bates Massey in the Northeast. Okay. And they all do different things. So, but they, if you put their styles next to one another, they would all be uh, comparable in that they really get scale and feel of a residential uh, home. Yeah. I love Lake Flato. They're great. And so, of course, being in Texas, we all know them very well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, check out the others, too, oh, because yes. they're equally as great. And we'll put them on this post um, so people can check them out, too. We like to give people some homework and things to think about and look about look at. So most respected, do you have a, for people listening, um, do you have a design publication that you just love to go to that you think it's a great resource for designers? Favorite? <laughs> uh, well, Honestly, um, it's well, Instagram. <laughs> everyone says that. No, literally, we just had someone in who said the same thing. Well, you can find anything. I, I, I don't really need to find images for my clients anymore because they've already found them. But um, anyway, <laughs> exactly. um, no, I mean, I love House and Garden UK. It okay. has very interesting um, uh, sources mm -hmm. and um, sometimes modern, sometimes really traditional. I find a lot of great things in there. Um, and I still love wallpaper. Um, it too. doesn't necessarily relate always to residential design, but it gives me a lot of really cool ideas that I can apply in a different way. Yeah, no, that's I agree with you on the UK resources. It's fun to see the magazines in Europe and beyond just so that you can get a feel for other, right. like you said, resources. What about, um, do you have a favorite coffee table book? Like well, my house in Dallas is, um, I call it the Surf Shack. Okay. And um, so I have a Surf Shack book that I I like. Are you a Jack Johnson fan? I like Jack Johnson, actually. <laughs> He's on one of my playlists currently okay. that I just made. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a surfer and um, big Jack Johnson I'm not fan. a surfer. Um, I'm scared of sharks, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're, you have a surf shop house that you're scared of sharks. I I'm like scared it. of sharks. And you're not a surfer. No. <laughs> I don't blame you. Sharks are scary. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. So, um, okay. So the coffee table book is, what were you going to say? It's called The Surf Shack. Okay, called The Surf Shack. I've, there, are, I have tons of coffee table books, but that one sits on top, and it, that's the one I can think of that I, I do. I go to it all the time and like it. Yeah, for inspiration. Right. Yeah. I'm that's fun because I've never heard of it and it's always fun to have like a new resource and something to look at. It's great. It's very much my style because it's a bunch of just collected things that uh, you know, you might be buying something at a junk shop, you might find something on the side of the street and then you might buy something that's really new and really uh, important and mix it all together. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, this has been fun. It has. It's just pretty short and sweet. Not too painful, right? <laughs> no, it's very easy. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening, y'all. Let's keep the conversation going. If you have a story you would like for us to illuminate, please email hello at folioco.com. That's hello at P-H-O-L-I-O-C-O.com. And be sure to subscribe to hear future episodes.